2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Previously on Queen of the Con.
3: Danielle Miller scams victims in Los Angeles out of hundreds of thousands of dollars, including her business partner, Mackenzie Day.
4: She got into my accounts, changed my email to a different email with an extra E and then used all of those to now email, change my address to her address, sent herself a credit card and debit card, opened up merchant banking accounts, a cash app, a Venmo, applied for a Charles Schwab.
3: But then she gets arrested at the Mexican border on a New York warrant for skipping court in that body factory skincare spa case. And while she's in jail at Rikers Island, she calls Mackenzie dozens of times, offering admissions to her crimes in exchange for snacks. You'd use the jail commissary as like leverage. Yeah. You'd buy her things to eat if she gave you answers. Yeah. And that only strengthens the current criminal case against her.
4: I mean, that's when the New York prosecutors ended up calling me because they heard their recorded conversations.
3: So, Danielle Miller, now scared of going to trial, pleads guilty to scamming the Body Factory skincare spa. Are
5: those your pleas, ma'am?
6: Yes.
3: And is released from Rikers Island with time served in July of 2019.
6: There was some point where she called me and asked to borrow my credit card to <laughs> rent a car, and I think I just said, no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bye.
3: But Danielle does end up getting a car and a partner in crime. And they both head south in search of new opportunity.
0: Just keep in mind, <laughs> this a con artist.
3: I'm Jonathan Walton, and this is Queen of the Con, the rich girl. Episode 5, Chivalry
2: Theory.
0: On 419, 2020, two females checked in to the Seacoast Hotel located at 5101 Collins Avenue in the city of Miami Beach, Florida.
3: My buddy Evan Goldstein and I are now sifting through Miami Beach police records pertaining to Danielle Miller and her new friend. After leaving New York, they end up in South Florida, and it's not long before authorities are alerted to their presence at the Seacoast Hotel. According to the complainant, Miss Grace Bodden, front desk manager, the females provided credit card information and were allowed to check in. The Seacoast Hotel is located in the heart of Miami Beach along Millionaire's Row, flanked by miles and miles of pristine white sand beaches. Fashionable hotspots like South Beach, the FTX Arena where the Miami Heat play, and Bayside Marketplace are just a stone's throw away. Danielle Miller and her new accomplice, a woman by the name of Sierra Blass, who served time at Rikers with Danielle, are now living it up in the Sunshine State. Sierra Blass is 26 years old and looks like she could be Danielle's younger sister. I'm posting side-by-side pictures of the pair at Queen of the Con on Instagram. Sierra's rap sheet, like Danielle's, includes identity theft and also possession of stolen property. She reportedly ran a credit card skimming ring in New York, bought expensive designer goods, and then sold them on social media to the highest bidder. But now, both women appear to be having the time of their lives, laying out all day, partying all night, and posting pictures of their exploits on Instagram. Then, suddenly, after almost three whole weeks of fun and sun, a fly lands in the ointment. According to a police report, on Friday, 5/8/2020, the Seacoast Hotel received a chargeback on the credit card. At that time, she realized the females had provided a fraudulent credit card. Yup, another chargeback. This time it's for $7,000. Authorities say Danielle Miller and Sierra Blas use stolen credit cards to pay for a three-week stay at the Seacoast Hotel. But when police show up to arrest them, the women are nowhere to be found. They suddenly just disappear. And everyone at the hotel gets real curious. Who are these two women who just vanish into thin air? Did anyone give them a heads up that cops were coming? Evan continues reading from the police report. The front desk staff did a Google search on the female's names and realized they were in police custody in the city of Sarasota, Florida, on charges of fraud. Ah, the price of being prolific. So while police in Miami Beach are searching for Danielle Miller and Sierra Blas, an online press release goes up on the Sarasota County Sheriff's website informing the public that both women have been arrested and charged with pulling off a whole other con in a whole other Florida town. Florida is proving to be fertile ground for these two scammers. Florida is a
7: a sunny place for
3: shady people. That's David Winker, a bespectacled warrior fighting hard for justice. He's a Miami attorney with a long track record of representing victims of con artists. I saw you on the news. You were representing an elderly woman who a con artist sold her house out from under her without her knowing... Shirley Gibson can only stare at the 5,000-square-foot lot that was ripped from underneath her feet.
2: Is that your signature on the deed? No, it is not.
3: Like, how the hell does that happen?
2: That
7: case was a case where, you know, someone had assumed her identity. Wow. So it would be as simple as me, Jonathan, advertising your condo on Zillow. And when it comes time to sell the property, I'll send you the deed. You know, send me a cashier's check. That was a case of stolen identity. Someone was acting as her. I have mortgages on my properties. If they tried to do this to my house, the bank would have gone bonkers, right? You know, the bank would have just seen it. They have alerts, they have a way to look at it. They'd never get away with it. But the elderly own their properties free and clear. And so that's the target, right? The target is mortgage-free properties.
3: Did you ever get that elderly woman's house back?
7: Yes. Bank. So, that, ah, I was worried. The Secret Service came and we did controlled calls and we got hold of the guy and they did a whole thing with a fake check like they sent a check so they could see what bank accounts it hit I mean it was really a lot of work for them to catch him.
3: So I asked attorney David Winker to review the Seacoast Hotel case against Danielle Miller.
7: The credit card gets a charge back so they're they're out of the money, right And it, I think it's a lesson for victims too like what did she do immediately? Called 911 and she got the police involved immediately. But, like, here's somebody who's out a substantial amount of money
3: $7,000. Danielle Miller is eventually charged in Miami Dade County Criminal Court with grand theft for scamming the Seacoast Hotel. She's arraigned before a judge in May of 2020. Keep in mind, she just got out of jail at Rikers Island the previous year for scamming the Body Factory Skincare Spa in New York. And over the course of the next two years, from May of 2020 to May of 2022, the grand theft case against Danielle slowly meanders, bumps, and bounces through the Miami-Dade County Criminal Court system, like a game of Plinko. She's assigned a bunch of different public defenders, and prosecutor after prosecutor after prosecutor takes a whack at it. Eventually, the very last prosecutor assigned to the case, decides not to prosecute. Danielle Miller is offered something called a diversion program instead, which is the criminal equivalent of going to traffic school to take care of a speeding ticket. She's admitting she's guilty, but she agrees to do online classes and community service to avoid an actual felony conviction. Diversion programs are usually offered to first-time offenders, which Danielle Miller most certainly is not.
2: Right rug flooring.
3: As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every case I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by US News and World Report. They've got sensors that you can place on your doors and windows to detect break ins, fires, and even floods. They also offer a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras so you can see what's going on inside and outside your home anytime day or night it's backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day there are no contracts and they have a 60-day money back guarantee get 20% off any new simply safe system when you sign up for fast protect monitoring just visit simplysafe.com/queen that's simplysafe.com/queen there's no safe like simplysafe Do you think her father, who was the president of the New York Bar Association, pulled any strings in South Florida to get her that diversion program? Because she, on the surface, does not qualify for a diversion program.
7: I got to tell you, like right now in South Florida, with the way that the economy is, they're having trouble just getting entry level prosecutors. The resources for prosecution are thin. Here in Florida, our jails don't have enough employees
3: running the the prison system right now. So that puts a pressure, in a sense, on the system not to prosecute and not to jail. Yes, victim advocacy
7: is a big deal where I live in South Florida because of the thin
3: resources. And shockingly, according to court records, Danielle Miller doesn't even complete her diversion program at first because she fails to even register for it.
7: Usually when we think of a diversionary program, it's first offense and somebody, you know, doing all the right things to show that they're going to change their ways. The entry right before the case was dismissed was diversionary program requirements not met. Right. She didn't show up. And then it's like, diversioning <laughs> requirements met. So it's like, like, yeah, she met them after she failed to meet them.
3: Nevertheless, in May of 2022, two whole years after she's initially busted for that Seacoast Hotel credit card scam in Miami Beach, Danielle Miller completes her diversion program. The grand theft case against her is abandoned. And just like that, she walks away, scot-free. She stole innocent people's credit cards and charged up $7,000. And the system doesn't seem to care at all.
7: Why does Danielle Miller continue to do what she does and continue to do it successfully? It's because humans are reward-driven. We do what gets us results. She does this because it pays. It pays big.
3: But there's another theory that might explain Danielle Miller escaping consequence in that Miami Beach grand theft case.
8: Actually, that's called chivalry theory. Ooh. Yeah, chivalry theory. It's a big part of my dissertation.
3: That's Kelsey Collins. She teaches criminology at the University of South Carolina.
8: So what chivalry theory states is that the criminal justice system takes a paternalistic approach towards women protecting them from the criminal justice system by not giving them these harsh sentences that would require lengthy jail time, but rather put them in perhaps diversionary programs, something that's gonna protect them from the harshness of prison.
3: And do you agree with chivalry theory?
8: I agree that it's a valid theory, but I don't (laughs) think that women should be treated any different than men in the public sphere.
3: Yeah, because that's like reverse sexism?
8: Yeah, it really is. Even though it's privileging my sex, it's not okay.
3: Right, because it's it's not equal. Yeah. Wow, chivalry theory. That's fascinating. Still though, Danielle comes from a wealthy family. Her dad's an acclaimed New York attorney. I can't help but think. If Danielle Miller was an African-American woman without those connections, she'd probably be in jail right now.
8: Yeah, the fact that she does have all of these connections and the color of her skin does make her be seen as less of a threat by criminal justice actors.
3: That's just the hard truth of the criminal justice system. It's a
8: hard truth.
3: Yeah. But here's what I don't understand. When Miami prosecutors decide not to prosecute and let Danielle Miller complete a diversion program instead, Not only does she have three felony convictions on her record for grand larceny, identity theft, and the unlawful possession of other people's IDs from that New York spa case a year earlier, but she's busted again for a whole other scam in Sarasota, Florida. At the exact same time, her grand theft case in Miami is winding its way through the system. The scam in Sarasota involves her showing up at multiple banks, impersonating people in the flesh and withdrawing tens of thousands of dollars from their bank accounts.
4: So she was attempting to withdraw $8,000 at that bank.
3: In May of 2020, enterprising detective Carlos Verdoni at the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office puts the kibosh on Danielle Miller's bank scams, but not before she does a lot of damage.
4: We found about $25,000 in the car, along with other fake IDs as well. This
3: Sarasota scam is far more detailed and far more sinister than anything Danielle Miller pulls in the past. She's actually showing up in person and withdrawing large amounts of cash, in some cases, completely depleting people's bank accounts, and then just driving off into
4: the sunset. And to me, that's not a con artist. That's somebody that just is a straight up predator. In just three short days, while making
3: their way through Sarasota County, Danielle and her accomplice, Sierra Blass, withdraw nearly $100,000 in cash out of multiple victims' bank accounts. They're like a modern day Bonnie and Bonnie.
4: After looking at her phone, I could see some days she would boast the fact that she had taken 40,000 that day, or some other days it'd be like 32,000, right?
3: Sarasota is a city of about 57,000 people on the central west coast of Florida. It's a popular vacation spot for two reasons. One is its close proximity to the Gulf of Mexico and those temperate waters. And the
4: other is that never-ending Florida sunshine. The beaches are beautiful. The water is always nice and warm. Any Floridian you ask, unless they're on the east coast, will say that the west coast is the best coast. And you can bet Danielle Miller
3: shares that exact same sentiment because never before in her career of conning has she been able to scam so much money so quickly than in Sarasota, Florida. And what exactly brought
4: Danielle Miller to Sarasota, Florida? So based on the investigation that we conducted, we could tell that she was picking her routes and using the identities that she had consumed in different locations throughout Florida. On this particular day, what brought her to Sarasota? It just happened to be part of her route. She had pre-planned it, showed up here, and tried to commit the fraud. Because she drove there from Miami, correct?
3: That's correct. It's early May in 2020. Danielle Miller and her partner in crime, Sierra Blass, abandoned their room at the Seacoast Hotel in Miami Beach after stealing credit cards to pay for a three-week stay there, totaling $7,000. They're driving north now, up Florida's western coast on I-75, in a rented Jaguar. Music's blasting. They're cutting through the Florida Everglades, where hundreds of square miles of gator-infested swamplands flank both sides of the freeway. After three and a half hours on the road, they arrive in Sarasota and pull up to the drive-through of the Chase Bank on Central Sarasota Parkway. Danielle fills out a withdrawal slip to a complete stranger's bank account for $8,000 and sends it to the teller in one of those vacuum tube things along with the stranger's ID bearing her
4: picture. So the sheriff's office received a phone call stating that there was somebody there that was passing an id and identification card that just didn't look right as the branch manager was looking at the card he could tell that there just something didn't seem to make any sense especially after talking
3: like the driver's license looked fishy
4: well see that's the thing is she didn't even use a driver's license she actually used a passport card and she said i i'm you know i'm here and visiting and here's my passport card but yet she was a citizen of california so she's driving with no driver's license It it just didn't make any sense And so at that point, the branch manager started to call the person on the account to say, hey, listen, you know, this doesn't seem right. But when he made that phone call, she was answering the phone in the car. Let me get this straight.
3: Daniel Miller presents a passport card, which for those who don't know, you can either travel with a passport book or you can get like a little card, almost like a driver's license looking kind of thing. And she presented this passport card to the bank. They thought it looked fishy. Because you're driving, where's your driver's license? Why the passport card? So they call the person on the passport card, but it wasn't Danielle Miller's
4: name. Correct. So the branch manager looked up the account, because it was a legitimate account, and we're trying to get a hold of the victim, and by calling the number that comes up at the very first number to their account, that phone, when they called it, actually rang to the cell phone in the car with Danielle Miller. What criminals now tend to do nowadays, especially when they're doing an account takeover, they tend to do what's called a SIM swap. They'll go into an at and or, or, or Verizon store, any, any wireless store, and what they'll do is they'll assume that account as well and have the number transferred to a burner phone, a cheap phone that they have. Oh my God. So then that way, if I'm trying to do the second verification and I'm calling that number that's on the account, well, it's gonna ring right to her, even though it's not the victim you know it, it's it's her uh, and that's what happened in this in this scenario the guy called that number she was answering the branch manager was still hinked up about it he wasn't sure this just doesn't feel right and so he did the smart thing where he actually went down a couple numbers like some older numbers in the account and found one that actually did belong to the victim and called her then and that's when she, she said, no, I'm not in Florida. I'm, I'm in California. I'm, not, I'm nowhere near there. And nobody there should have my information. And, and that's how we were notified. I am stunned and terrified. So scammers can now
3: usurp your cell phone and they can get your SIM and put it on their phone. They get a burner phone. And then when the bank calls or the credit card calls or anyone calls your number, it rings to the scammer. That is correct. Oh, my God. This is a level of sophistication Daniel Miller is exhibiting that I am not familiar with. That's just stunning. So you can't say she didn't know what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. And my God, what levels, what kind of scam level is that? That's like gold medal scamming.
4: She's definitely sophisticated. That's actually the perfect word for it. She knows what she was doing. She got involved with the right crowds and she's not taking the instructions. She's given the instructions. So she's well aware of what she's doing for
0: sure.
2: Right Rug Flooring.
3: So the bank manager, thank God, this guy seems really smart because he suspects even though on the phone he's being told, oh, everything is fine, he wants to call other numbers and find someone else to talk to because what? He doesn't believe that
4: first number is the victim. He couldn't explain why he felt the way he did, but he knew something wasn't making sense. And so that's what prompted him to to follow up with the next number on the list a secondary number for lack of better words and that's how he was able to get a hold of them they're like yep yeah, nope that's not us so then once the victim
3: tells the bank manager that is not me what happens
4: so law enforcement arrives and they surround her obviously uh she was in the car she was driving i believe it was a jaguar and she was in there with another fe- a female passenger by the name of sierra Blas. they surround her and they start to ask questions and the entire time that they were talking to her she was providing the actual victim's information and pretending to be that victim.
3: Like she knew it off the top of her head.
4: Like she rehearsed it. Like basically she knew everything about that victim. Like when they asked questions, social, date of birth, like it was like nothing to her. Like she spit it out like it actually was her. Wow. So that shows you again, some of the sophistication behind it, right? She's taking the time to study and learn the victim's information so she could answer a question easily. And she never let that up by the way all the way to once we once we were able to confirm that this was a fraud, we took her into custody, we brought her to the sheriff's office, we stuck her in an interview room and Sierra in a different room and the entire time I was there I already had figured out who she was. I knew her true identity, but she would not come off the story that she was the actual victim.
3: What you are about to hear is the actual Sarasota County Sheriff's recording.
6: Hello. How are
3: you?
6: I've been better.
3: Of Danielle Miller sitting in an interrogation room. I'm Detective (laughs) Verdonian with the Sheriff's Office. Okay. Pretending to be the victim whose identity she stole, a woman by the name of Erica Beers. Remember that name this recording literally took me months of calls and emails and texts and follow-ups and begging and pleading to get my hands on it has never been heard anywhere before until now and i'm posting video clips of it at queen of the con on instagram so you can see just how committed danielle is to impersonating victim America beers during this five hour interrogation
4: can you give me your information real quick
6: again this is like the 15th time
4: i Sorry, I'm here. Erica Lindsey Beers. Erica. With a C. Lindsay Beers.
6: B e e r s, like beer.
4: Oh, so. Beers, gotcha. What about okay. the address?
6: March fifth, nineteen
4: eighty-seven. What is your current address?
6: Eight North.
4: And what's a good phone number
3: for you? Uh, 3
6: mm-hmm. Eight. Okay. Eighty-five. Yeah.
3: It's almost like an actress reading a script and memorizing it for like a big movie shoot. 100%. And what's amazing to me is just how annoyed Danielle pretends to be, acting like an innocent person being wrongly accused. She angrily keeps insisting that she's Erica Beers and has no idea why she's even here.
6: I don't understand why I'm being. Th- this is nuts. Like taking money from my own account. I'm I don't just letting
4: you know the bank is filing a report. We're just trying for to. File. Like. They're claiming fraud. We're just trying to figure out how? what.
6: How? This is.
4: That's where we're going to get. We're going to get to that point, okay? But right now, I got to go through this real quick. Get your information, verify it. Like I'm not out there. I just know you're here, Ugh, the bank is made a complaint. Like so We're just crazy. trying to follow up on it, okay? Yeah. But I appreciate it. Just bear with me. I mean, you want any water or anything?
6: Yeah, I'd love some water. This okay. is just like...
4: Just bear with me. And my
6: identity was stolen in the past, and I had to deal with something similar to this like two years ago. Okay. And like, this is just...
4: So you know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna so verify who you are,
6: okay? Just water, please. Thanks, I appreciate it.
3: Mm-hmm. After an hour of sitting there by herself, clutching a cup of lukewarm water, Hello. Hello. hello another sheriff's deputy comes in i'm definitely like apparently there's some discrepancies with the name you're giving and your id this is called rapid id we scan your fingerprints if you've ever been arrested in the united states before this will pull your fingerprints and tell us who you really are okay danielle miller is now doubling and even tripling down that she's erica beers even though this law enforcement fingerprint identifier a handheld device a little bigger than a cell phone can pull up her prior criminal record from that New York spa arrest in a matter of minutes. But like an optimistic rookie gambler in a Vegas casino, Danielle is confident she can beat the house. Have you given them your real name? Yeah. Okay. What's your name, dear?
6: Erica. Last name? Like, I don't understand, beers, but I don't understand.
3: <sighs> can you get your right middle finger? So, Danielle scans her fingerprint and waits. At one point, another deputy comes in. Eric, okay, can
8: I get your information?
1: I can like Is it E
6: R I C A? Yes. What's your middle initial?
8: L. Is your last name? Beer's
6: beer B E R S. B E R S? B E E. Two E's, like okay. beer.
8: Okay, What's your date of birth?
6: March 5th, 1983.
3: Danielle also tells deputies Erica Beer's
4: real social security number, off the top of her head, as if it's her own. She'd just try to be the victim. She would, no matter what, I would ask her, she'd have the answer for it. Phone numbers, addresses, social, you name it. She had it all in her head. I mean, she wasn't reading it, so she studied it for sure. She must have like a photographic memory. I would say pretty close. I was impressed, I'll put it that way. There's no way I could look at a
3: stranger's information and memorize their phone number, their address, their social. That's a lot of crap to keep in your head and spit out. Like, wow.
4: Yeah, she's very thorough. I'll tell you that. It's impressive the fact that she could do that. And it makes you wonder like, man, if you would just put that action to good, you would do so much better.
3: Yeah, I hear that again and again and again with different con artists I investigate. And the bottom line is, That is true. If they did use their talent for good, they could go so far. But what makes them a con artist and what makes them tick, they get a thrill from the scam. It thrills them, you know, like you and I would get a thrill from a roller coaster ride or jumping out of an airplane, you know, like an adrenaline rush. They get that feeling pulling off these elaborate scams. And my God, the difficulty rating on this bank scam she's pulling in Sarasota is like a 10 attend because to take over someone's identity and even, you know, people take over identities all the time online and pretend to be other people online. But to in person, in front of police, be regurgitating all the facts and figures of someone, God, that's next level. Yeah. And here's another truly insane thing that happens. When Danielle Miller and Sierra Blass are led into separate interrogation rooms at the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, they're both sitting by themselves, one in each room. And at some point, they start yelling to each other.
6: Sierra, you okay? Like, what's happening, right?
4: That was one of the best parts about putting them in the interview room. There was a room in between them. So they had to yell loud enough to be able to hear each other. Again, you can watch a
3: video clip of this at Queen of the Con on Instagram. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Danielle yelling through the wall to her partner in crime, Sierra Blass, who is yelling to Danielle that deputies told her they know Danielle is lying about her identity. They know she gave them a fake ID, and Danielle is shouting back to Sierra.
6: How are they saying I'm not me? I can't believe this is happening. Why would I give them a fake ID?
3: What? What? Sierra then yells to Danielle they found, quote, multiple fake IDs in the car Danielle was driving.
6: Multiple fake? What What the fuck is he talking about? No one's talked to me and I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't get why I'm here.
3: Sierra then yells to Danielle that deputies told her they found a bunch of cash in that rented Jaguar as well. So Danielle shouts back, a cover story, to explain all that cash.
6: Because I'm saving up to get my uncle that new car he wanted. Yeah. That's why I was taking out the 8,000 just now. Because he really needs a new car. His is really shitty.
4: They're telling each other the story as to why they're in Sarasota. (laughs) You know, oh, we're here because of my uncle. And oh, you're here because you're you're visiting a boyfriend. And they're literally coming up with the story. There are also a bunch of times
3: while Danielle is alone in the interrogation room, and the hours are slowly passing by. She seems to be losing her mind. She yells to Sierra Blas.
6: I'm suing everybody, this is insane. I can't believe they're saying my ID is fake. Remember when my identity was stolen before? This is exactly what happened and then I sued the shit out of them.
3: I am gobsmacked watching this interrogation video. According to law enforcement, Danielle has stolen literally hundreds of identities. And here she is, impersonating a victim whose identity she stole, claiming she's the victim of identity theft.
6: No, like, this is literally exactly what happened. I literally had PTSD from when my identity was stolen prior to this.
3: I gotta point out here that this is the go-to defense of any professional con artist when caught, and any narcissist, really. They quickly flip the script and make themselves out to be the victim. In Season 1, the Irish heiress told the courts that I was threatening her with violence, and actually filed a restraining order against me one month before I was slated to testify against her at trial, casting herself as this damsel in distress and me as her evil perpetrator. In Season 2, Lizzie Mulder claimed to be the victim of her lazy, inept clients that she was just trying to protect from themselves. And here you have Danielle Miller, claiming she's the victim of identity theft, while actually impersonating the victim whose identity she stole and tried to withdraw $8,000 from their bank account, indignantly yelling to her criminal accomplice in the next room.
6: What are they saying I was doing? Taking out my own account? Like, yeah, there's cash in the car because I'm going to buy that car for my uncle. Like, what the fuck? Like, we're just being held here. <sighs> My uncle's probably so worried.
3: Danielle repeats this fake uncle story for literally hours and hours and is emphatic that she is Erica Beers. Eventually, though, Detective Verdoni figures out Danielle's real identity and comes back into that interrogation room.
6: Hi.
3: Hi. Concealing a fistful of her fake IDs and her real one.
6: What is happening? If you on that
3: one? We're going to go
4: over it right now.
6: This is crazy.
4: All right, so I spoke to your friend, what's her name? Sarah. All right, are we sure on that one? Yeah. Okay, so making sure. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's been rough. We're going to talk about what happened today before we do that because we're in the sheriff's office. I'm up front, I'm just going to read you your rights.
6: Am I getting arrested?
4: Well, you're not technically in the yet, but you're not free to go because you're detained. So, because I'm asked specific questions, I'm gonna read you your rights. That's just how the law is. Just so we're clear, you cannot leave through that door, so you are detained, and that's why I'm asking these. Okay. Does that make sense?
6: Sort of. I don't really understand.
4: Well, in other words, you can't just get up and walk out.
6: Okay, but okay, why though? I. Because
4: don't... I'm detaining you to investigate this case of a fraud is the case, that occurred though? at a bank, which I told you earlier.
6: Right, but I don't understand how its fraud would take. And
4: for me to start that conversation, I had to read these rights. Okay. You have the right to remain silent and you say it can be used against in a court of law. Mm-hmm. You have the right to start to an attorney and have a question with you before and during questioning. If you cannot afford a hire an attorney, we'll be going to present you at no cost to you before and during questioning if you wish. And you can decide at any time to exercise these rights to not answer your questions or make any statements.
6: Okay, so at any time I can say I don't want to talk anymore.
4: Exactly. We can start talking and you can say, you know what, we're done. And you say I want to, or whatever, and we go from there. Okay. So today is the first time I have ever met you. I really had a hard time finding your your driver's license. You presented the name of Erica Beers. Mm-hmm. That is the ID, correct, that you showed us earlier at the bank? Like this is what you provided them? Yes. Okay. So when I spoke to the bank they were able to give me the information for Erica Beers who's in California. Right. And then when we went through the car I found several IDs. One is the name of Danielle Miller, which I think that's your correct ID.
6: Are those pictures of me?
4: Or, yeah, absolutely. So I just need to know which person you're going to be today so I can write my report correctly. I want a lawyer.
6: OK, fair enough.
3: At that point, Danielle Miller is arrested for creating and using a fake ID to impersonate victim Erica Beers, and then fraudulently trying to withdraw money from her bank account in Sarasota County. OK, you're going to be coming
7: with me now. I'm going to be taking you over to the jail. Okay.
3: By the way, it's this Sarasota scam that first exposes Danielle Miller's predilection for using that Telegram app technique we unpack in Episode 1, where she tries to scam the federal government out of more than $900,000. The one where she buys hundreds of leaked IDs from data breaches on her phone using Telegram, and then assumes the identities of dozens of victims using all their personal info to scam hundreds of thousands in COVID relief cash. Before she pulls that con on the feds in 2021, she hones it here in Sarasota, Florida, a year earlier.
4: She's working with people in other places such as California, Canada, New York. It's basically they're using cryptocurrencies to pay each other for the the fraud that they're buying.
3: She buys all these identities on Telegram using crypto. Correct. At first, Daniel Miller is charged with fraud in Sarasota. But even more charges are in the works, as the sheriff's office runs digital forensics on the multiple cell phones they confiscate. They uncover evidence of even more scams.
4: We had like five different cell phones, I believe. And it was 244 gigabytes of data. I mean, there was thousands of audio files. There's thousands of pictures, thousands of text messages. I mean, there's just there is so much information.
3: In the meantime, Danielle Miller is thrown in jail. But then the spin starts. She paints this picture or rather her attorneys paint this picture on her behalf that she's at death's door, she's sick, she has a blood disease.
4: She was only in jail, I think, three days total because she bonded out and she was able to get back to Miami. So Daniel Miller gets away again or at least it appears
3: that way. But if the pretty people here in Los Angeles have taught me anything at all, it's that appearances are deceiving. The sheriff here is very good about allowing us to do what we need to do. Cause Sarasota County sure as hell ain't Miami Beach. Next time on Queen of the Con. Danielle throws authorities a curveball. Good morning. Good morning. Good
0: morning. You don't have lawyers. Is your lawyer out in the hallway? Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: But will it go the way she planned?
0: Well, uh, it sounds like the New York prosecutor is going to join us and describe, see if it's the same Daniel Miller, and if so, what she's been convicted of, okay?
3: If you're enjoying Queen of the Con, click share and send it to your friends and family. Also, leave us a five-star review. Reviews increase the odds that other listeners like you will find us. Queen of the Con, The Rich Girl, is a production of AYR Media and iHeart Media, hosted by me, Jonathan Walton, executive producers, Jonathan Walton, for Jonathan Walton Productions, and Eliza Rosen, for AYR Media, executive producer, Paulina Williams, written by Jonathan Walton, Consulting producer Evan Goldstein. Segment producer Kathy Abraham. Senior Associate Producer Jill Peschesnik. Coordinator George Faum. Sound design by Tim Mulhern. Edited and mixed by Tim Mulhern. Supervising editor Victoria Chang. Audio engineer Justin Longerbeam. Studio Engineer Matteo Berrigan. Mastered by Victoria Chang. Legal Counsel for AYR Media, Gianni Douglas. Executive producer for iHeartMedia, Maya Howard. Court records, police records, the Department of Justice, Homeland Security, victim interviews, interviews with investigators, the New York Post, New York Magazine, and Spotify's Forbidden Fruits were the sources used for this season of
0: Queen of the Con.
2: Right Rug Flooring.